0: It's time for Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports Time is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Stats-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus.
1: Welcome in to Sports Time. Bryant Dacus with you. Johnny Hill with me. No Brett Norsworthy this week, his last week of his Little vacation to end 2023. Only a four-day week this week, with yesterday being Christmas. Hope everybody had uh, a good Monday, a good Christmas, happy Boxing Day to those who celebrate. Johnny, how you doing today?
2: Man, I'm doing great, Brian. We had an amazing week. Of sports, man, especially sure. on Christmas, sure. I enjoyed it, man. How about you?
1: No, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, when whenever you can get three straight days of uh, of really wall to wall football, that's a good day. I mean, Saturday we had a double header, uh, Sunday obviously just a kind of a regular day of football, and then yesterday a, a triple header for Christmas. Amazing, and man! It was uh, it was a lot of fun. You 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 know, top that with of course the uh, the tradition of uh, of NBA on Christmas Day, and then. Um, You know the Tigers played Vandy over the weekend, so uh, it was a a really really fun weekend. And so we've got a lot to talk about. You know, and and because today's Tuesday, um, you know we've got a lot of guests today. Going to talk to Dave Lotion. Going to talk to uh, Bo Marchant at five o'clock. No Brent Beard today. We're going to talk to Max Chadwick who covers college football pro football focus. Uh, love talking to Max, so uh, we'll, we'll talk a lot about the transfer portal, about some teams that are really seeming uh, to cash in uh, in the transfer, uh, transfer portal, like Ole Miss. Ole Miss having a really good uh, time in the transfer portal. They landed Walter Nolan, um, earlier this weekend. So a lot to get to. Um, we'll also have to get his pick, uh, college football playoffs this yeah. weekend. So really a, a fun, eventful weekend last week and another one, uh, this weekend for New Year's Eve and everything like that. We'll have, uh, you know, obviously the, the college football playoffs, the New Year's Six bowl games, uh, Tigers play on, on Friday against Iowa do. State. Well, I've to talked to Dave about that. For the Liberty Bowl, so it's a busy week, Uh, and it was a busy weekend. I I do, um, with everything we've got to talk about, I do want to start off with what happened over the weekend with the Memphis Tigers. Okay, Um, We'll get back into this conversation a little bit later, because I do want to look at where they are in the AP Top 25 poll they moved up. We also have a new um, bracket out from Joe Lenardi. Um, He updated his bracketology earlier today, so I want to talk about where the Tigers are on that, who he has coming to Memphis. Because it's really interesting where he has the Tigers, who he has them playing, and um, maybe a uh, potential uh, second and third round matchup for the Tigers yeah. um, where he, uh, Joe Lenardi has them set. So we'll talk about that um, probably in about 45 minutes um, at the end of this hour. But the Tigers in action on Saturday. Johnny, we were there. We were. Um, Brett Norsworthy, um nice enough to give us some tickets he had. Um, and uh, we had some really good seats for that game on Saturday. It was a lot of fun. Um, but... I think a lot of people come into today um, a little nervous about what happened in they, that game. The Tigers won't. play a close game against Vanderbilt, a Vanderbilt team that um, we talked about a lot last week. Of they haven't played real well this year; they, they have really they haven't. struggled. Um, I think they came into the game with only four wins, but the Tigers—it um, was a close game.
2: It was. It was, and it was a great game. Um, but Brian, you did make a great point about. Why the Tigers came off a little slow? Because we did come off of a playing two two top Mm -hmm. top ranked teams. So man, yeah, no, yeah, three three top ranked teams. Mm -hmm. So like, it's they they just had to figure it out, man. And and that game was uh. Man, the atmosphere was electric. Man, it was just a a, a competitive game, man. It
1: yeah, was- and and what you're alluding to is what you know. We we talked about this a lot, you know, on the way to the game and, and during the game as well. Of the Tigers just came off a gauntlet they of did. in College Station against Texas A&M, who was ranked at the time. Uh at home against Clemson, who was ranked, and at home against Virginia, who was ranked. Those were the three games before this game against Vanderbilt. Now you go into Vanderbilt, a Vanderbilt team that has really, really struggled uh yeah. four and eight on the season. They they coming off a loss against uh Western Carolina and the Tigers have this whole week off, and so they for did. a lot of those guys on that team, uh, they were going home after that game. Maybe they had a flight later that night, maybe they were making a drive, maybe they had a flight the next morning, but a lot of those guys were trying to get home for the Christmas. Holidays. Yep. And a couple of days before, you know, they'll probably come back. You know, uh, probably tomorrow. I'm sure, or, or, or maybe today, um, and have practice tomorrow, or have practice on Thursday to get ready um, for their game against Austin P this weekend. But you know, it, it was kind of a sleepy game for the Tigers. I thought, you know, kind of everything that they had done, and then kind of looking ahead to a little bit of a break. And and you know, I I know a couple of guys that have been around college basketball programs or have played college basketball, and they all kind of say the same thing. And this is you know, I've heard for years with guys I know that you know play basketball or have played basketball. They all say you know it's such a grind of summer you're in there you're in the gym working and then fall rolls around you're actually in classes and that's really when the practices start and then you get to October and November season starts and you're kind of on this grind of practices and games and traveling and all of this stuff and really you know you get that little break you know and and then on top of that you had exams yeah, uh, for for a time was there. Exam. We, and so was there's a lot going on and then you get a couple of days for Christmas, or you know, some teams will play, and then they'll they'll let them off for a couple of days around New Year's, or whatever it might be, and then you know, you, you go home for a couple of days, and then you come back, and it's immediately conference time, and you're playing a, a a Tuesday Saturday or a Thursday Sunday, and and you're playing you know two games a week, and then you're turning around and getting ready for the next game, and, and you might play on a Sunday, and then play on a Wednesday or a Tuesday or something like that, and so you know, conference play gets. It's crazy and on top of that. You have school and everything. And then, you know, you get down to conference tournament and into the season. So it's really like a, like a sprint the entire yeah, season and you get a short break there. And so a, a lot of guys that I've talked to in the past, um, have talked about, you know, it's, you, you look forward to those couple of days. You know, as much as you love basketball, as much as you love playing and, and stuff, you kind of look forward to those couple of days um, that you get off and, and get to go home and, and, and go see family and stuff. And so I really do think that's what it was on, on Saturday against um, Vanderbilt. And, and yeah. give Vanderbilt credit. They they played really, really well. They played well. really good, man. They, Especially, they did. Especially
2: um, there was a young guy, uh, number 23, mm-hmm. Jason. That man, he came off the bench, man, and scored – 12 points yeah, down the stretch. And them 12 points was crucial for them to stay in the game. Yeah. So they played really, really well, man. I, I, hey, Vanderbilt really came out, bro, man, and they really didn't they rest on their laurels. They really mm-hmm. wanted to win.
1: No, you're right about that. And, and for them, you know, it's a, it was a big opportunity because I don't know what games they have remaining before conference play, but this yeah. is a team that I think has really struggled and, uh, you know, they're playing a lot of young guys. They've had some injuries. They had guys leave for the transfer portal last year. And so yep. I think I was, I was talking to somebody um, at the game on Saturday um, Uh, Jay Morgan, who used to work here, and and he has a uh, a friend that's on staff at Vanderbilt, and uh, we were talking at the game on Saturday, and he said that he was talking to his friend the night before, and that he said they only have two really returners on this team playing right now. Um, that, that got minutes last year because they have a couple injuries. They had a lot of guys leave for the transfer portal. And so they're a very young team. And I think you could see that at times in that game. And so, you know, for them, this was a big opportunity because, you know, you kind of struggled early in the season. You took some, some really bad losses. You lost your first game against Presbyterian. Um, you, you lost, the game leading up to Memphis against Western Carolina. Now you're on the road and you have this opportunity against a really good Memphis team that obviously here locally we're all talking about it, but it's kind of becoming a story nationally about this Tiger team. Yes, you know, they're, it is. They're in the top 25. Now they're in the top 20. Um, I've seen a lot of people um, nationally start talking about this team and, oh, you know, look out for this team. I think uh, Dick Vitale had this week. Uh, he does, I guess, I don't know if this is weekly or, or I'm guessing it's weekly, but he had player of the week. Uh, rookie of the week, um, team of the week, and coach of the week. Really? And this week, the player of the week was David Jones. Okay. And I've seen a lot of people it. talking about David Jones. I saw somebody, it might have been um, John Rothstein, who was at the game for CBS on on Saturday, say that David Jones is one of the three best guards in the country oh, right that's now. a big,
2: bold statement. Yeah, I've,
1: a- I've seen a lot of their, you know, I follow these college basketball pages on Twitter and stuff like that, a lot of them were saying, you know, t- teams that are exceeding expectation, they're putting Memphis in there. or, or
2: Yeah, we for sure have exceeded expectations. Yeah. Especially well-deserved by David Jones because, if I'm not mistaken, Brian, for this week, last week, he averaged 27 points. Yeah. So that's rightfully deserved for a player of the week, man.
1: Yeah, and so, you know, when you look at kind of all of this attention that this Tigers team is getting right now and, and the success they've had, Big opportunity for Vanderbilt. And you know, they were preaching that all week and in practice of, look, you can make a statement right you now. You, you hear, look, I. one thing I hate, especially in college athletics, is these players got to drown out the noise. They yeah. cannot pay attention to social media. They can't pay attention to what everyone's saying. They can't pay attention to that. Johnny, you are around a, a football program a yeah. lot. Those guys hear everything. Everything They do. Like, because of the generation we're in of social mm. media, on your phone, I mean, you're seeing everything. And so it's almost impossible to tell these 18 to 24-year-olds, block out the noise. Don't listen to any of it. Stay off social media because yeah. it's almost impossible.
2: Brian, I completely agree with you, especially in today's time. And, you know, just like I know, it's so easy to access everybody mm-hmm. on social media, man. Yeah. So it's so it's hard to tell them to stay off of social media when they can just add your social media mm-hmm. and, and they'll hear from it or somebody can just easily share something mm-hmm. to them. And it's just so easy to access everybody. So it's so hard. So, it's completely hard to block out all the So you've
1: got, you got social media where, where you know you're seeing stuff about, you know, how your team's really bad, you're struggling, you aren't any good. Uh, on campus, I'm sure people are telling yes, you. Yes, they are. Hey, what's going on with y'all, man? Uh, yeah. why, why aren't y'all winning games? I remember I had a, I had a class uh, – in college, and and there was a, a football player in it, and uh, and somebody like leaned over to him and was like, after after like a weekend, was like, hey man, what happened on Saturday? What why'd y'all lose that game or something like that? And I was like, that's crazy. Like that happens a so lot. It, it happens, happens a lot. It happens a lot. And so for Vanderbilt, they're hearing all the noise. Y'all aren't very good. Y'all are struggling, and they play Memphis on the road. They have Dartmouth uh, this weekend, and then SEC play starts. Alabama, LSU, Ooh, Auburn, tough schedule. Mississippi State, Tennessee is their first five games in conference tough, play.
2: Tough schedule, man. So it
1: would have been huge for Vanderbilt to come in to Memphis and get a big momentum win on the road against a top twenty-five team. You play Dartmouth, you would think they would win that game, and then you start SEC play. And so I think uh, you know, they were very motivated for that game. And so when I hear people kind of upset or, you know, concerned about a 3 point win for Memphis I don't take anything about it because we just saw what this team did Three wins over ranked opponents before playing Vanderbilt. And you get a win against Vanderbilt. They did. And so I thought it was a good game. Was it the cleanest game? No. no it it, it wasn't. was very sloppy. There were some, there were a lot of mistakes by the Tigers. Um, they, they, they finished the game shooting 38% from the field, mm-hmm. 36% from three. There was a stretch. And I remember, uh, Johnny, I don't know if you heard this or were paying attention to this, but there was a man sitting behind us. Um, oh, yeah. And he was counting during the stretch, the amount of missed three-pointers in oh, a row. Yes, yes, he, was. he was saying that every time Memphis was going down, they were just chunking up a three. And so he would go, you know, it, it got up to like, that's four in a row. That's four times in a row that they've just gone down and thrown up a three. Yes, I remember that guy. And then they would come back again. That's five times. That's five times. Six times. Seven times. He was Eight counting. Times. I mean, he was counting.
2: And he wasn't off, Brian, because he wasn't lying. It was about like. Eight, I, I know for sure. I I didn't yep. remember eight, but I know for sure
1: it was like six. Yeah, no, I mean it was it was it, it, it was, was a was... handful. It was a lot, and and so uh, you know there was frustration. But the Tigers, they only turned the ball over nine times. Um, you know they they got stops when they needed to. Now, yeah, Vanderbilt made it close, and they had an opportunity at the end to. Uh, they had a three, and uh, it it rattled out. But you know if that had fallen, Vanderbilt would have won that game. But ultimately, um. Close Tigers game. win, Tigers survive, and I think that's that's all that matters. They move up into the AP. I think they fell a little bit in the net after that game, uh, but I don't think uh, it, it's a huge deal. I think you know you win those games. You're going to have a a uh, you know a stinker in there uh, eventually, and so if this is the Tigers stinker, you want it. And I okay. don't know how confident I would be in previous Penny Hardaway teams to win those games.
2: Yes, and, and this team just seemed different, even mm-hmm. compared to last year. Let's just compare it to last year. It just feels like this is more like of a brotherhood. They're mm-hmm. more closer. Even though last year's team were close, you can tell that these guys really like each other, man, and they really want to play for one another, man. So so I just love the all-aroundness of this team, how they communicate on the on the court. Brian, you've seen it mm-hmm. just like I was seeing, how they were communicating yep. the plays to one another, man, and they really were holding each other accountable, despite playing even though they're at home and despite everything not going well for them yeah. they still stuck together and, and was glued together man so it was it was good by now
1: yeah no you're uh, you're right about that and a win's a win and now like i said they've got the week off before uh, playing austin p at home uh, on Saturday, and then they'll start conference play. Tulsa, SMU, UTSA, Wichita State. I mean, it's it's not going to be a pretty conference schedule, and so that's why you needed the tough non-conference schedule, and the Tigers take advantage of that, um, and they just really need to uh, cap it off with a win, which I think they'll get. Um, on Saturday against Austin P. Naquan Tomlin did play on Saturday was, his first minutes yeah. and it was it was a really cool scene. He finishes with um, eight points, uh, four rebounds, uh, excuse me, three rebounds and one assist. Um, it was cool. He uh, goes to check in in the first half and immediately when he starts walking to the um, to the table to check in, people start. Getting standing on their feet. and applauding, um, there's a dead ball right after that, they announce him, he checks in, he gets a standing ovation um, from the crowd, and then um, his first shot is a three-pointer, and it, it falls, which uh, I don't think Naquan Tomlin is a uh, great three-point shooter, I don't think he came in from Kansas State, I'd have to look up. What yeah. his percentage as a three point shooter was, but I didn't, uh, you know, when when coming in, I didn't think no, Naquan Tomlin's going to give us a lot from from three, and that was I think his only um, three pointer he I made in the game. I don't even know how many he took, uh, but uh, you know that was a cool a cool start, you know, to, to come hey. in and and it, and it was it was funny. I don't know if you noticed this, uh, but they swing him the ball. And he's kind of open, but not really. And you can see there was a little twitch there that he wanted to go up and shoot it. And then he said no. He swings it to the corner. They kind of crash on whoever was in the corner. It might have been Quinnerly. I don't remember. And then he kicks it right back to Tomlin. Now Tomlin's open for three, and he says I'm gonna shoot it and uh, and takes it and uh, it, it oh, fell. Nick. Yeah, he was not a he he was a 27 percent three point shooter. at uh, it was just
2: the moment. I can't say it was just
1: the moment. And it was awesome it because was then the I mean the the entire place erupts and uh, a huge um, welcome for him. But I thought he did some some good things. It you know I was telling this me and me and uh, Johnny Radio were talking about this earlier, but he looked like a guy that was rusty that hasn't played. Um, a game since last March. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were things that I thought he did really well. There were things that I thought, eh, you know, that, that could get better, but uh, it's gonna get better. And it's I think he's a better. really good player. Um, there was one point where he, he, drew a charge at the other end. Um, and where the guy just kind of ran into him and, and, you know, they called the offensive foul, which I thought was huge. I th- you know, he, he grabbed some nice rebounds, but as he gets more comfortable in the system, as he gets more familiar with these guys and, uh, and, you know, just, Some more run on on some some tires that haven't gone since, you know, obviously he's been in gyms, he's been working out and, and trying to stay ready, but, you know, we said this a couple weeks ago with John Moran, we said it, you know, we've said it with a lot of guys, it's different practice, it's different just open run in a gym. And a game, so I think he's going to be a really good player. I'm excited for what he can uh, bring. can bring to this team, and I think a perfect time to get him, in a perfect time to give him some run against Vanderbilt, against Austin P. Um, you know, I, I think it might have been good that you didn't have to throw him out there in the fire against ranked teams. I think he would have stepped up to it. I think he would have been fine against those teams. But these, I think, are two good warm-up games before uh, before the start of conference play yeah. uh, in the new year. Um, uh, let me rem- let me set up today's show before we get to top and not top story. We're going to get back into Tiger Talk. Obviously, in our next segment, 3.30, we're going to be talking uh, to Dave Woloshin, the voice of the Tigers. We'll talk basketball. We'll talk about what he thought about that Vanderbilt game and this team, Naquan Tomlin's addition. Uh, but we'll also have to get to the Liberty Bowl, big game for the Tigers on Friday as they face Iowa State. They brought them out at halftime, the the Tigers, um, during that game against Vanderbilt um, and had the trophy there and and they were trying to get everybody excited for this game this week. I know Iowa State uh, got here the other day. I saw they've were they been doing a couple of things in the city. So both teams are here. Um, They'll start practicing and getting ready for Friday. So we'll talk a lot about that with Dave Wilotion in our next segment. 345, we'll get back into this conversation about Tigers. I want to talk about the new AP Top 25 that dropped uh, yesterday. We'll talk about Tigers, where some of the other teams landed, and also uh, a new bracket from uh, Joey Brackets over at ESPN. We'll talk about where he has the Tigers right now. We've been seeing a lot of threes, some fours. I've even seen some people putting them at the two line. So we'll see where he has the Tigers at about 3.45. 4 o'clock, Max Chadwick. He covers college football at Pro Football Focus. He'll join us. We'll talk bowl season. We'll talk transfer portal, recruiting, uh, everything with Max Chadwick. Chadwick at 4 o'clock. 4.30 we get into the NFL. A very busy and interesting weekend in the NFL so we'll talk about everything that happened at 4.30. 4.45 we get to big number of the day 5 o'clock. Beau Marchant will join us to talk the NFL. 5.30 we get to what's trending and there we got to talk about another big game for the Grizzlies they're back in New Orleans where John Morant had his first game back from his suspension. Hit the buzzer beater. He did. A big game for him in that one. 34 points. What can he do tonight against the Pelicans again we'll talk about that at 5.30 during what's trending at 5.45, we wrap up today's show like we always do with Taco Bell. Crunch time. Let me remind you, we're in our family leisure studios where family and fun come together. There's family leisures Christmas sale. Excellent deals on pool tables, shuffle boards, and saunas. You tired and sore from the shopping, maybe even Christmas itself being yesterday. Check out the huge in-stock selection of hot tubs and massage chairs. Surprise your kids with a new arcade game table or play gyms. Gifts for the whole family to enjoy and also on sale theater seating outdoor kitchens and grills patio furniture and fire pits. Merry Christmas uh, from their family to yours at Family Leisure 2120 Witten Road just north of I-40. Johnny let's get the top story of the day.
0: Top story of the day. Well
1: my top story of the day was the NFL over the weekend. What yes, a fun weekend.
2: It was an amazing weekend. I, I really enjoyed it.
1: I mean, three days where you have multiple NFL games is always a, a fun time. Saturday, we it had is. A doubleheader: Bengals, Steelers. Steelers win that one after being a two and a half point dog at home. I think that line might have even gotten to three, maybe even three and a half. And then that night game, the Bills barely escape. Over the Chiefs, a 24 to 22 win for Josh Allen and the Bills. On Sunday, we had basically a regular day of football, but some of the highlights from the day, the Dolphins at home against the Cowboys, they get a win 22 to 20. The Cowboys drive down in the fourth quarter. They get points on the board. They score. It looks like they, you know, might win it. They just need a stop.
2: They just need one
1: and they can't get they couldn't it, get it. And, they couldn't get it and going in there were two storylines the one for the cowboys was they can't win on the road and That's then, true. for the dolphins it was they can't win the big one john harden was talking about it earlier today he said before yesterday the dolphins hadn't beaten a they team haven't. that was over 500 and Great so it was can john. the dolphins win the big one well they get a big win at home yesterday over the cowboys and i still think and we might talk about this a little bit at four thirty, I think Tyreek Hill should be the favorite for MVP. What yeah. he does for this offense, what he does for this team is unbelievable. And I think it's going um, a little bit um, under noticed in terms of MVP voting. It was a fun day on Sunday the the Sunday night game, Patriots and Broncos. One Sunday night football, I forgot what they called it like their holiday showdown or something. Yes, like it, was that. Uh, it, it was a it holiday showdown. It was on show. NFL Network. Yes. It was it was weird. Um, but the uh, the Patriots were a twenty six to twenty three win over the Broncos. Yesterday, we had a triple header. Raiders upset the Chiefs.
2: Man, that was a great game.
1: Arrowhead. How about that? Uh, Eagles, they survived a late push from uh, Tyrod Taylor and the Giants and then the Raiders. A massive win on the road against the 49ers. It was a really fun uh fun weekend in the nfl and now two weeks until uh we're at the playoffs
2: man i'm looking forward to it my top story is lamar jackson in, mm. sp- in particular man w- brian he gotta be up there in the mvp race man. i think he's the leader right now i he, looked it up he, earlier I think he, He's in the he leader. gotta be up there for the mvp right now the only person in my in my opinion might be able to beat lamar mm-hmm. is either christian mccaffrey or tyreek hill mm. But Lamar is for sure our lean go-getter in the MVP. And Brock yeah. Purdy, his MVP chance is out. is out.
1: Well, Johnny, I mean, you you look at it, and uh, this is a quarterback award for MVP. Yeah. It, it really has become. So I understand why, uh, why he's the favorite after a win like that. But I still think there are some really talented guys in this league that are difference makers for their team.
2: I, I agree. I like Tyreek Hill, and I
0: love Christian McCaffrey.
1: Not top story of the day. Well Johnny, my not top story of the day is the week of bowl games. Honestly. Yeah. I uh, it's gonna be a fun week. We've got one game going on right now. Minnesota and bowling green and Minnesota all over bowling green. Really? Right now in What's the, the Squid right? Bowl. Oh, it just went off the screen. I think 23 to 10, maybe? Oh my goodness. Um, they just scored Minnesota did. And so, uh, the, the score changed. And I don't know if I read the updated score or if I read the one before. Um, 23 to 10 is the new score. We got two more games later today. Texas State and Rice, which we picked, um, uh, last Friday. And then 8 p.m. tonight, Kansas, UNLV. We'll pick that one later. We've got games all day tomorrow. We've got games all day on Thursday. We've got games all day on Friday. And then Saturday is really when it goes down. Georgia-Florida State, Ole Miss-Penn State, uh, Auburn-Maryland, and then on Monday, Wisconsin-LSU, Liberty-Oregon, Iowa-Tennessee, Alabama-Michigan, Texas, and Washington. Uh, it's going to be a fun week, and if you like day football, you're going to get a lot of that this week in these bowl games.
2: Man, I completely agree. My not top story is the Dallas Cowboys, mm. despite that they lost to the Dolphins. I still, look, I still believe that the Dallas Cowboys are one of the top teams in the NFC, and I still think they can can win their division, if I want to be honest, Brian. Mm. I actually like the Cowboys over the Eagles wow. right now. I do, man. Despite that they lost against the Dolphins, I believe in them Dallas Cowboys. The only thing they need to fix is a running game, and I think they're going to be okay.
1: I like it. I like it. Well, that'll do it for top and not top story of the day. Let's go ahead. And get to our first break. When we come back, we're talking Tiger basketball. We're talking Tiger football with the voice of the Tigers, Dave Oloshan.
0: Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Oloshan, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Let's welcome longtime voice of the Tigers and host of Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings at 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Dave Wolosian to talk Tigers football and basketball
1: with Bryant and Brett. Dave Wolosian, the voice of the Tigers, joins us now to talk some Tiger basketball and Tiger football. Dave, thanks so much for joining us Uh, a lot to get to with the bowl game this Friday. But I do want to start off with the basketball team and uh, coming off three wins over ranked opponents and then the game on Saturday against Vanderbilt. I know uh, some people a little concerned with that result. I think it was just a lot of you're coming off of that gauntlet. You, you know, guys were going home for the holidays and Vanderbilt seeing it as a, a big opportunity for them after a rough start to the season. What did you make of that performance on Saturday?
3: Well, I I do think they were distracted. I think a lot of them uh, had airplane tickets right after the game. They were Mm -hmm. thinking about going home. Uh, I know David Jones, for one, was that way. He and Caleb Mills had been ill. Mm -hmm. They had to have IVs, some prior to the game, some after the game. Wow. And I I think if you're you're human and you've just run through, as I think you put the word, this gauntlet. Mm Mm-hmm. You just knocked off three straight <laughs> ranked teams. You found yourselves finally in the top twenty-five. It's human nature to be a little tired, yeah. to have figured that you have accomplished something already, uh, and and you know you're you're kind of looking forward to some time off. And and this was the perfect trap game. They weren't the only ones that knew that, uh, or, or we weren't. They knew too that Vandy was a ranked in the net, 293. Now, that's disastrous if you lose. (laughs) But when you're, when you face all these teams and what was, uh, I want to say Clemson was like 11 in the net. Mm
4: -hmm. I think
3: Virginia was 21 in the net, something like that. And now you're going to play 293? (laughs) You're just thinking all you got to do is show up. And, and you know, they, they didn't come with intensity. They didn't work the ball as well as they should. Man. They only had nine turnovers, but they only had nine assists. Mm-hmm. Part of that was they missed so many shots. They shot 32% in the first half. But I, I, I do think a lot of it was, you know, we're going to just beat this team. We don't have to put out the effort. I can't wait to get home. We got mm-hmm. a week's rest, and they forgot about this game. Whereas you're right, Bandy has struggled. They were trying to make the point that they were a better team than the one that uh, was what four and seven coming in. Yeah. I, I can't remember. Somebody made the remark: "They're the best four and seven team in the country." <laughs> um, you know, you hear that all the time. Yeah. And, and I can't remember which writer wrote this, but I think he was spot on. Jerry Stackhouse really is a good coach. Yeah, I love his schemes. The problem is he doesn't put together great teams. He lost guys in the transfer portal. He, he brought a couple in. But I don't think that's his bailiwick, and you know he makes the most of what he's got, which would make him probably a really good NBA team that had a good general manager and president, mm-hmm. and were wheelers and dealers and put a team together for him. But he he just doesn't get a great accumulation of talent. He puts them into good schemes, but not good enough to to, to really be a great team. And it's unfortunate, you know, they had a bad start last year, mm-hmm. then they turned it on. They were eleven and seven in in the SEC, so you couldn't really kind of fire them. And I, I got the feeling the same thing's going to happen this year. They're 4-8 and eight now. Uh, they'll probably, when I know they're playing Dartmouth, and I can't remember if they start conference play after that or not. Yeah, But they'll probably be over 500 in conference play, and they're going to have to figure out what to do with Jerry Stackhouse.
1: Yeah, basically, well, what happened last year, like you said, uh, we did see Naquan Tomlin uh, make his uh, first appearance as a Tiger in that game on Saturday. He Played about 15 minutes. It was really cool um, seeing him check in for the first time. Uh, you know, as he was walking to the table, people started kind of getting to their feet and making some noise. Mm-hmm. He checks in, gets a standing ovation, and then uh, his first possession, he knocks down a three. Um, what did you make of his performance in his first game?
3: I I thought that was a great moment. He he literally comes into the game. They work the ball down the court. They throw him the ball. He throws it to the corner. They throw it back to him, and he goes, what the heck? I'm not being (laughs) guarded. Shoots the three. His very first attempt as a Memphis player was a successful three-point play. So that was a beautiful moment. And that was probably his best moment. I, I mean, he had five rebounds. And he ended up with eight points, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, he kept getting more and more tired. You couldn't play him in yeah. the second half a lot because he was already just destroyed uh, in, as far as cardio capacity, probably muscle fatigue. Let's face it, he hadn't played since March. He yeah. practiced a little bit, but he had not played since an NCAA game last March. So you got to give him time, learn the offense, learn the guys, figure out what he will be best at? He's a heck of an athlete. He's long, sinewy, and um, you know, for a guy who hadn't played in any high school basketball, he's still developing. He's going to be really good for the Tigers in the long run. I wouldn't gauge a whole lot, except that his timing was perfect mm-hmm. uh, when he first came in. Yeah,
2: uh, Dave, you you can't even tell that um, Naquan. He he was talking in a press conference about how about his teammates and also the city. And when you see him on the court, the communication and also the fit, it just feels like he just fits here with the guys and fits with, with the overall skill set of the team. So how critical do you think he, he's going to be going down, down the stretch?
3: Well, I don't think he's going to be critical the first few games here, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, you have 15 straight games with teams that are unranked. So motivation, mental focus. Yeah. Is going to be the most important thing, and don't forget these 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 tigers are ten and two coming up with Austin P. Should be eleven and two in conference play. Doing it without, them. you know, they, they they lost Jordan Brown, and that's like he's disappeared. Yeah, um, and they've won every game since he left. Yeah, every game, and some of those games were incredible, like the Virginia game. So I I think you'll see Naquan Tomlin make an impact. A month from now, something like that, when you've practiced and you've played a bunch of games with these guys and you have figured out how you really mesh with them, then he'll be important. I'll tell you, he'll really be important when you've got foul trouble for Nicholas Jourdain and for Malcolm Dandridge. Then all of a sudden you will go, hey, we don't care. Here here comes. We'll just move Tom on the (laughs) side. It's really going to help you with depth. I don't think it's going to have an impact right away, but I think come playoff time, come the FAU game, he could be an integral part of this
1: team. He's just too athletic, too big. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Talking to Dave Loosian, the voice of the Tigers, you can also hear him every morning uh, from 10 to 11 with Woolo and friends on Sports 56. Uh, moving over to football, the uh, AutoZone Liberty Bowl. This Friday afternoon, 2.30, uh, Tigers taking on Iowa State. Iowa State, their last game of the regular season, a win in Manhattan, Kansas over uh, 19th-ranked Kansas State. Uh, what do you know about this? Iowa State team, what should Memphis fans expect to see on Friday?
3: Well, the the first thing I'll tell you, because that's what I've been doing all afternoon, is working on these charts for our meetings on Thursday with yeah. the coaches. It is, and I'm not lying, of course, we, we should know the Big 12 school out of Iowa that this would be the case. <laughs> it is the hugest offensive line we have seen. Oh, yeah. They average six, six and a half, and 325 pounds. I mean, they're massive. They, you know, they're, they're they're not the most experienced team. They got a couple of seniors that do start. Everybody's redshirt, but they also start two sophomores and one junior. But they're they're just humongous, and uh, you know they've got pretty good balance. They can run the ball a little bit. Uh, they have averaged running the ball uh, about 130 yards a game, and they throw it. And both their quarterbacks, by the way, are freshmen. The one that's that's really been dynamic in the end is a guy. Uh, named Rocco Beck, and I didn't realize this, his dad played in the NFL with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but, you know, he's thrown for almost 2,700 yards and 20 touchdowns, only eight picks, so he's he's been pretty impressive. Uh, they had another guy, um, Jalen Noel, mm-hmm. who will, will play other positions because he's a good athlete, and then a freshman named Cole that Really hasn't. He's thrown eleven passes. He's hit nine of them. So they're, they're counting on this kid back to, who's come out at the end of the year was the freshman of the year. Their top three running backs on their depth chart are all freshmen. They they wow. they really are counting on a lot of freshmen, which is probably their seven. Why they're seven and five? They were six and three. You know they 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 played decent down the end. I mean they won two of their last three, and uh, I'll say that they won. If we, if we want to look at that, one, two, three, four, five, five of their last seven. The only two losses were to Kansas by a touchdown, uh, and Kansas was ranked 22nd. Mm-hmm. Then they lost to Texas, and you know, Texas is in a playoff. Yeah. They lost to them by only 10, 26-16, then went to Kansas State, and that's a rivalry game, and, and punished them. Forty-two thirty-five. The freshman kid was great in that game. So, this is a team that's playing well. Winners of five of their last seven against the Tiger team that only lost three games. The three games they lost were to ranked teams. Um, but they're without their two offense, two of their five starting offensive linemen. That's going to hurt you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've got that tandem of Hennigan and brock Taylor, yeah. and and then you got the running back of Blake Watson, who's had a whole week to a whole week a month to get healthy. I think it's going to be a heck of a game. I hope it's as good as a game of a game as it was seven years ago. Twenty one twenty, Tigers are driving. Miller got hurt at the end. That was Anthony Miller, the Memphis kid. And uh, unfortunately, when he got hurt, the offense kind of sputtered. But I, I I think it'll be a good game. And you know, it's something Memphis wants to be in that league, right? So
1: yeah. beat that team. You belong. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Well, you mentioned the offensive line play, and, and obviously missing a couple of guys that entered the transfer portal. Um, you're going to see some new guys and, and some guys playing different positions on the offensive line. How important will offensive line play be on Friday?
3: Well, I think it's going to be very important. Uh, you know, this this team is really big on the defensive front too. They go six four two fifty five, six two three hundred, mm. then their nose guard is, is a mountain. Six four three thirty five and then six four two ninety five. I mean they're huge. So you have got to protect. It looks like the way they're going here is you know, likes and gamble are, are are back and Xavier Hill is mm-hmm. also back. So there's your three starters. Yeah. A kid that's played a lot this year, your sixth guy, Terrence McLean who is going to enter the NFL draft just like Jacob likes, but he's playing in the game. He uh, He's going to start at one position. And then Mitch Gilder, House, uh, who played a bunch at the end, is going to be a starter. So you do have four guys that have played a lot. Gildhouse started playing a, a, a bit at the end. He's mm-hmm. a redshirt junior. You know, they've got uh, Malachi Breel in there. They think, they think a lot of him. He's a freshman from Laurel, Mississippi. They think he's going to be a heck of a player. He could play a little bit because, you know, the bowl game does not cost you any eligibility. So right. he would keep his redshirt year even even if he uh, played in this game. But uh, I, I, I think if those guys can mesh anything together, you let these guys like Hennigan and Taylor and, and Watson do their thing, I, I think they can stay in the game. Their offense, I, I was bragging on these freshmen – But that offense did not produce a whole lot
4: this year, honestly.
3: They only averaged 26 points a game, and they only gave up 21. So I got a feeling it'll be a low-scoring game. I, I don't know that we'll be able to run up and down the field against them like some of the competition we have this year. But I don't think they're a juggernaut on offense, which will be good. Now, looks like, to me, Charles Clark, the assistant coach who coaches defensive backs, and he's been with Ryan a while now, I believe he is the interim defensive coordinator. Mm. I'll find out on Thursday if for sure he is calling the plays on defense. I think he will, um, and and we'll see if there's any difference there from the way Matt Barnes called again. Yeah,
4: uh,
2: Dave. What uh, going deeper into talking about uh, that defense because we are, they are missing Matt Barnes, and what do you think? Who? What do you think we should expect from that defense with? Like you said, Charles Clark, he could be the interim defensive coordinator. Do, do you expect them changing up a lot of things, or do you think they're just going to keep the same scheme that they have been doing?
3: Oh, I, I don't think with within three four weeks that you could change your schemes. Yeah, really. You're 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 gonna have to play with what you got. They're really only losing one guy of of importance in that defensive backfield. That was Cameron Smith, mm-hmm. who decided, I guess, last week to enter the portal. But um, no, I. I, I think you are what you are at this point of the year. If you had six, seven weeks, maybe you could do it to a, a specific uh, opponent like some of these teams that are in the playoff get these extra few weeks. Right. They're going to intensely uh, tune in on somebody, and, and maybe you could change something there. But, you know, Matt Barnes, what did he leave two weeks ago? So, you know, how many how many things can you really change, move around uh, in, in that short period of time you really can't? So you are what you are. And, and let's hope they, they come and play. You know, that's yep. the thing about this defense. I, I think it's fair to point out because they have yielded a bunch. That's true. But they've also been a team that was one of the best on fourth down conversions on defense in the country, in, in the uh, top rankings on third down conversion. They didn't really give up some points and yards, mm-hmm. but in big plays, They turned you over, and they stopped you on third and fourth down. So they are capable of keeping a team in the game, in my estimation.
1: Absolutely. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun on Friday. I know uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I know a lot of people in the city are really looking forward to get out there um, and see the Tigers uh, playing a a home bowl game, I guess you could say. But, Dave, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll do it again next week. You got it. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Dave Will the voice of the Tigers. Uh, like I said, you can listen to him every morning from 10 to 11 uh, on Willow and Friends right here on Sports 56. Uh, it's going to be fun. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting to see uh, you know some of these changes. What do they do? Uh, but hopefully uh, you've got those guys that have been working, some of those backups that will get um, time and maybe they can make the most of their moment uh, on Friday. But we need to get to a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Tiger basketball team. Where they land in the AP Top 25 and also updated Bracketology. That's next on Sports Time. Broadcasting
0: from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Stats-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Mm.
1: Welcome back again to Sports Time. Bryant and Johnny with you. And we've got uh, about a couple minutes left in this hour before we get to our number two. But I want to loop back. We talked a lot about the Tigers basketball team. We talked some Tiger football um, in the last segment with Dave Voloshin. But I want to talk about the AP Top 25. And also we've got a new bracketology from Joey Brackett. So I want to talk about where the Tigers land in both of those. And the AP Top 25 that dropped yesterday on Christmas Tigers come in at number 19. That's big. One spot behind Clemson, who they beat a week ago. Interesting. Now, I'm not trying to say Memphis should be ahead of of Clemson or whatever, because college basketball is not one in one kind of like College football is yeah. more games. Obviously, a, a, a lot more to consider. Uh, Clemson also only has one loss, that being against the Tigers. Uh, the Tigers have two losses, so they're at number nineteen. But um, a, a, a nice bump for them, um, up four spots from where they were last week. And looking around them, like I said, Clemson in front of them, Ole Miss. Uh, Comes in at number 24, one spot up from where they were last week. Um, They are now ahead of Providence, who sits at number 25. James Madison, they stay at number 20. Going up in the bracket, uh, some notable teams Duke number 19, or excuse me, Duke number 16, Oklahoma um, 12th, Illinois 11th, and then your top 10, Marquette at 10, North Carolina at 9, Kentucky at 8, Florida Atlantic. At number seven, after a big win over the weekend against Arizona, needed double overtime to beat uh, Arizona. That game was going on um, alongside the Tigers game,
2: and you were watching both. Of them. I
1: was. I was watching it on my phone. Um, I was trying to at least. I think it started about an hour before the Tigers game started. Six Tennessee, five UConn, uh, Arizona stays at number four after their second loss of the year against Florida Atlantic. Houston at number three, Kansas at number two, and Purdue remain number one that was an electric FAU in Arizona I'm I'm glad that the game was so good and so competitive and both teams looked really good um so I was glad that we could reward both teams kind of yeah you reward FAU by bumping them up a little bit let's see how much of a bump they got a seven point a seven spot bump that's that's a big bump which is huge and then Arizona stays the same which some people are saying they, they got to drop. they got to drop. And yeah, okay, drop them one, and they're behind UConn. Um, maybe drop them two. Um, but, you know, I, I thought Arizona looked good in that game. They did. And uh, obviously needing two... Um, over times it was super, super competitive. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fine with them keeping them at number four. I think you've got a really good, um, top four right now. And so, um, it's gonna be a lot of fun. And now for a lot of these teams, you know, we've got, uh, no games today. Yeah. We've only got two games tomorrow in college basketball. Okay. And then you kind of start, it starts to pick up, you know, as these guys return from, bre- from, you know, a, a small Christmas break and stuff. And then over the weekend, you'll have a lot of games. And, and really here soon, for a lot of these teams starting this week and then um, for the rest of them starting next week, we'll start conference play and we'll really um, kind of start figuring out who the teams are in college basketball and who can make uh, runs in, uh, in March and April. Going over to Bracketology, Joe Lenardi drops a new bracket and he has the Tigers as the four seed. So he has them on the four line. That's pretty big. Going up against McNeese State, uh, who obviously will wade their head coach his first year down there. Um, they are a, a fun team to watch. So on the four line, uh, they have them in Spokane, Washington to start things off. If they were to win. That first game against McKinney State, Joe Lenardi has them playing the winner of Liberty and Colorado State, which two really fun teams. Colorado a State good team. right now in the top 25, sitting at 15. Uh, Liberty has been playing um, pretty good basketball to start the season, so they would play one of those teams. If they were to win that game, Johnny, yeah. they'd play uh, likely. Obviously, they would have to get through their own games. But the number 1 seed in this bracket and who they would meet in the uh, Sweet 16 would be... Kansas. Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. What, uh... you, what are you
2: thinking, Danky? Whew.
1: um you know I have bad memories of Kansas. Um obviously it did not go well the last time Memphis and Kansas met in the NCAA tournament. And, but it'll be a good game. But it would be a great game. It'd be a game. great game to see. Uh Brett always likes to talk about who um Joe Leonardy and some of these other bracketologists have coming to Memphis. Um he currently has uh Creighton versus South Carolina as the 611 in the South uh, region okay. and uh Wisconsin and Samford as the 314 in that same region and then in the East region He's got Alabama versus uh, the winner of New Mexico and Kansas State, and then Illinois vers Vermont. Obviously, um Brett talks a lot about needing to see, you know, some some local teams, some sort of local flavor in that. And while that doesn't offer any of that, I think those would be some good games. Obviously with Creighton you've got some local ties there. Mike Miller's son plays there. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Lawson plays there. I'm um, so That'd you,
2: be a real good great game to see. Yeah,
1: you've got some you've got some local ties there. Um but you really don't have um a ton. Samford, I'm sure you've got some local flavor um, on their roster somewhere. Um, and then, you know, Alabama, Illinois, Vermont, not much there. But it would be a, a lot of fun, I think, to see those teams play. Well, we need to get to a break and wrap up this hour. On the other side, we've got a college football bowl game going on right now. Minnesota Currently on top of Bowling Green, thirty to seventeen, with about eight minutes left in that one. We've got another one starting at about uh, four thirty. Bowl games everywhere all week long. So we're going to talk college football with Max Chadwick. That's next.